Hello, friends. This is Scott Green from Prospects 1500. Before we get into our new episode of Futures Focus, I wanted to just say that I hope all of you listening are doing well, staying safe, practicing social distancing. I kind of promised myself I wasn't going to use that term, but I need to. This is a tough and challenging time for all of us. And I was so happy to be able to sit down for a little while via Skype and chat with my good friend Jake Berry, and I think you're going to enjoy this episode. But I, again, I want to make sure that I said this and that everyone out there is staying safe, and I hope you and your family are all doing well, and please reach out to us at Prospects 1500 If you have any comments or suggestions or ideas, and um, God bless, and we'll be talking to all of you soon. Upcoming is a really good episode of Futures Focus. We hope you enjoy it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Futures Focus. It's a Prospects 1500 podcast. This is episode 13. It's been a little while coming, a few weeks since we were with you last. I'm Scott Green, and Jake Berry is here with me. Jake, how the heck are you doing tonight? Scott, I'm doing well, considering the circumstances. Just happy to be back together talking a little bit of baseball. It's been a little while. Wish we could uh, do this a little bit more often, but since we chatted last, uh, a lot of things have have changed, and uh, we're living in a, a different world, a new normal, if you will, and you know we don't have baseball, and we don't have other sports, and we don't have our fantasy sports, but we're going to make the best of it. We're going to hang out for a little while. We're going to chat. We're going to talk about what's on our mind. We're going to go through some rankings. We're going to go uh, talk a little bit about baseball cards. I've got one guy in particular I want to talk about. We're going to maybe do a little recap of our 50-round draft and hold that we finished finally after about a month. And and we'll go from there. Does that sound all right? No guests. It's just you and me. We're free-forming it. I think that's going to be the best thing for us to do right now. Yeah, I like it. You know, last time we talked, there was a, a spring training game on in the background for me. But, hey, all we can do is adapt to the situation, right? And, and we can still talk some baseball and things like that. And sometimes I enjoy these episodes, Scott, where we just kind of get on here and we say, hey, here's five or six things that are going on we'd like to talk about. And let's just wing it. Let's just go for it. And, and I like those because sometimes we get off on little tangents and stuff and bring it back in. But I think it all makes for a good, entertaining episode. I think the listeners and our followers and our readers will enjoy this, you know, sort of anything goes format and we're not going to take a break and we're not going to 
have a guest this time. We did speak to Jim Zeely last time. We went through his Indians Top 50, and we will get back to some regularly scheduled programming uh, in the near future. We'll have some more guests on, but it's just you and me, so let's hop right into it. Um, we we A few weeks ago, we dropped our overall Top 199 Prospects on the website on prospects1500.com. It was a pretty big undertaking. We had, I think it was 27 of us that mm -hmm. submitted our own top 100s. And then the process that we use, we aggregate all the points. So it's not an exact science, but if I rank a guy number one, he gets 100 points. And then the guy I have ranked number two gets 99 points and so on and so forth, all the way down to the guy that I have ranked number 100 gets one point. Then the same thing for you. Your number one guy gets 100 points all the way down. And we did that across the board, and we aggregate all the points. And then our overall list comes out by the total points column. And, and it happened to come out to be through all of the staff members that submitted lists we got 199 prospects uh, named and listed, which is really cool. Yeah, pretty good number. I was thinking that, you know, I was talking to a few people, maybe if we had a couple other lists submitted, we would have been at 200 or a little bit over. And I like where we came in at 199. Makes it kind of unique, unique to us. Yeah, I agree. And so when we, the last time we did this, it was 172. And I think it's kind of cool at 199 because some folks might think might think it's planned, but I think it's even better when you know we didn't even plan it for it to yeah, be that. Not, not at all. I mean, I, I I was thinking, oh, let me ask one more person to do their own list, yeah. and I only want to have one different name that's on your list, and it would make our overall an even 200. But then you know, Brian and you and I were talking, and we said, let's just keep it the way it is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, came out really good. So let's dive in i'm going to give you the floor i didn't really talk to you about this ahead of time you know how you want to look at it um i know you had an idea about uh looking at it in some uh, groups of 20 uh or whether was that our personal top 100s and and going by 20s but uh what were you thinking about uh letting people know about this overall list if they haven't seen it yet sure so yeah i do i think it's a fun exercise too one, mainly, Scott, because your opinion in the industry is one that I value a lot. So one of my ideas was to compare our personal top 100 list and maybe break it out over a few episodes. But as far as the 199 goes, you know, I think it's a really cool practice here because if anybody's following me at Barry's underscore baseball on Twitter, over the last couple of days, I've been tweeting out some gifts from some uh, folks around the industry of, of some of these players that made our top 199 and then given a little bit of thought about that player after it in, in a separate tweet. So really what I use the 199 for is, is, is an ex exercise for me as to, okay, why didn't this player make my top 100 list? And I go in and examine from there. So, you know, when you see a guy at 199 versus a guy at 191, both of those guys might've made one list, just one might've been 98 and one might've been 97 on that list. So I think it's unique and I like the way we do it because, you know, the, 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 I say this every time we record an episode, the people that are playing in the types of leagues that we're playing in, we probably know the top 100, but mm -hmm. 
but then you'll get a guy snuck in from the Phillies rider or from the Diamondbacks rider and stuff like that. And when you're looking at this big aggregate list, it gives you the opportunity to go in and do those research on some of those guys. So that's what I'm doing when I'm tweeting out these top 199, taking a little bit deeper look for myself. I hear you. And you know what? I'm thinking of uh, a guy that uh, he he just made our list, I think. Um, um, you know, Mason Martin is a guy I'm thinking of. And you you tweeted the gif on him uh, just a couple days ago, I think. And he came in at 193. And that may have been because he made one list. Uh, and, and I'm trying to look at it right now. And, you know, I think Mason Martin, I kind of think a fringe top 100 guy. Right. And you know what? He made two lists. He was on two lists, both at number 99. Mm -hmm. And that got him four points. Is that right? Um, Yeah, that got him four points. And he was tied with four points with four other prospects. But the other prospects had been ranked higher on some personal lists. So that's why he was at the bottom of those four um, with four points, four overall points. He got two points from one writer who ranked him 99th and two points from another writer who ranked him 99th. He was like right outside my top 100, maybe in the 105 to 115 range. Uh, And, you know, we wanted to stop at 100 because that was our exercise. So like you said, it's really interesting to dig deep and see, um, you know, where each of these players, I will, I will tell you, and you know, this, um, Wander Franco was not a unanimous number one, you know, on every single 27 lists. He is by far the number one overall prospect, uh, with the most aggregate points, um, which came out to be, like 2,698, and the next closest was 2,630. But there are two points there that he didn't have 2,700. He would have if he was number one on everyone's list, but there were two people that had him second, and I thought that was interesting. Scott, first off, on Wander, that kind of blows my mind that anybody would not think he was the number one prospect, but I won't harp on that. I think Mason Martin is a great example for this 199. Yeah, where, wherever he came in, I think 193, you said, I'm with you. He's he's definitely, one. I'll say top 125 on my list probably. And I think I tweeted out about uh, Chris Bubich, Royals pitcher the other night. And I think I had him, I think we had him at 189 or something like that. And somebody replied, said, that's way too low. I said, yeah, on my personal list, he's probably not 189, but you got to understand the process here. And, and we're just trying to get these names out to you guys here. That's a great point. I really like uh, Chris Bubish, too. And number 97 on one writer's list, number 100 on another writer's. He showed up on two lists, and he came up with five overall aggregate points, and that's why he sits at 189 overall. Right. Um, Tough thing is he might be 101 on somebody else's list, but there's no points for 101. Correct. (laughs) Correct. Yeah, we could do that. So that that's how this works. Um, and before we move on and dig a little deeper here, I love your GIF countdown of these prospects. And you're doing one or two a day. Is that right? 
Yeah, yeah, one or two a day, and you know I appreciate that. Like I said, I'm I'm going back, and what I'm doing is I'm not necessarily watching full games on MILB TV. I do that from time to time with some Braves games, um, but I'm taking our 199 and I'm watching all the YouTube clips I can find on those guys, and that's how I'm kind of getting eyes on their game, especially the guys who you know play out on the West Coast and things like that. The ones I don't I don't necessarily get live looks at. So you know it's an exercise for me, and hopefully it uh, gives all of our listeners and readers a little bit more information on these guys too. Uh, very cool. So we are recording, so our listeners know, we're recording this on the uh, evening of March 31st, and uh, opening day would have originally been five days ago. So with it not happening um, five days ago, and it's not going to happen really anytime in the next few weeks, um, you know, if you're going one or two a day and we've got another 187 or so to go, maybe you'll be done before opening day, Jake. How, how about that for a challenge? You know, I don't want to commit to anything here, uh, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we if we got <laughs> everybody out there before opening day. Whenever that might be. Um, yep. All right. So, so I wanted to, you know, taking a look at this overall list, which it's just so cool. We do this um, early in the year. You know, this came out a few weeks ago in March. We'll do another one. Well, we usually will do another one later in the fall, September, October, after the season. Um, but we're going to have to play this one by ear because this list might not change a lot by this fall, depending on how many games there is or isn't. Sure. Hey, Scott, quick question for you. And I can easily look this up. I just don't know if you know off the top of your head. Is 27 about the number of lists we usually get, or is that a little high? To me, that sounds a little higher than normal. Oh, it's the most we've ever had. I think the the, uh, the most uh, we've had prior was either 15 or 16 in that in that range, maybe 17. We never had more than 20. So yeah. we've got more than 40, you know, contributors on our staff, which is amazing. And to get, you know, almost 30, I, I was really happy with that. Uh, right. It's not anything. It's not anything that's mandatory. Uh, I don't, you know, demand that all of our staff submit their own list because it is, uh, you know, it takes a little while. It takes, you know, some personal time. Uh, but we were able to do this and, and got a really good number. So I think that the fact we had 27 lists uh, is amazing. And the really cool thing about the article, if you look on our website. You go to the column. We've got a, a, a spot right on the main navigation for it. The, the link is still right on our homepage. Uh, if you're in the article, there's also a link to the prospect rankings spreadsheet that shows all of the points that each player got, the highest and lowest um, rank that each player received, and the number of lists that each player made. And all 27 of our personal rankings are on this spreadsheet. So it's a really cool resource. Yeah. Can I just give one more thought on the 199? Because I always like to compare where, like, the highest to the lowest rank and things like that. One yeah, and I've got this up right in front of me. So go if you want to shoot and ask, that's, that's great. Yeah, one more thought here on, on uh, the top 199 is – Without looking, Scott, I know you got pulled up. Close your eyes real quick. Who do you think is the highest ranked player that got left off of at least one list? Any guesses on that? 
So he didn't make our list at all is what you're saying? No. So he's the highest ranked player on our top 199, but at least one rider left him off of their top 100. Oh, okay. Um, I'll say Jason Dominguez. Yeah, that's him. Bingo. Number 32. I don't know who the rider was, but he's and I'm not looking. I'm not looking at the list. Yep, you nailed it. He's the highest-ranked guy that, that uh, he made 26 out of 27 lists. And you know what? I'll give you a little insight here. Um, I don't remember the specific person who didn't rank Dominguez, but I do specifically remember reaching out and asking him about Dominguez before we published. Just wanted to make sure. You know, kind of that thing where, you know, this a lot of people are thinking he's a, a top, 50 prospect or whatnot, you know, the, the kid's so young and he's not even debuted stateside. And that was the reasoning um, from the writer who really doesn't um, have kids that young who haven't debuted stateside um, ranked so highly. And that, that, that certainly brought, it might've brought him down for maybe three or four spots with him not being on one list. All right, so I'm not too surprised. You had a little insider information there. You, you knew exactly who it was going to be. Yeah, I, I remember the player name. I don't remember the writer, though. I mean, one of our staff, but we have so many, um, and specific rankings, you know, I'd have to look to see, you know, who that was. But I remember Jason Dominguez. A couple others who were surprisingly um, left off one or two of our writers lists also. I don't re recall offhand. Do you remember? Uh, I know Nick Madrigal shows up on 25 lists, which is, which is, he's actually a little bit more of a decisive prospect now as we get a little bit closer, but yeah, I couldn't imagine leaving somebody like him or Mitch Keller off my, my top 100 list. Madrigal. Um, you know who didn't make a list was, um, Riley Green. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just one, right. Just missed one list. Yeah, you know what's crazy about, Dominguez, Jason Dominguez, too, is he missed the list, but his highest ranking was also number nine. That, that's, that's wild. That is wild. Highest ranking nine, lowest ranking 76 on our lists, and then someone that didn't rank him uh, as well. Like you said, uh, Madrigal, highest ranking 22, lowest ranking 76. And two people did not include him. Uh, one other one I want to bring up is, uh, which I thought was kind of interesting, um, is Nico Horner. Nico Horner did not make one person's list, mm -hmm. but he was as high as 31 on somebody's and as low as 77. Yeah, I don't, I, we don't have to do this the whole episode, but there's one more that jumps out to me. At 51 overall, Tariq Skubal from the Tigers, 12. He was number 12 on somebody's top 100. Low was 85, and he missed only one list. So I know that he's a guy that I, I'm not um, – I had to come around on. I'll be the first to admit I was not rushing him up my list, even though he showed up in our prospects of the week. It seemed like every single time he pitched. He wasn't a guy who was rushing up my list, but that's a pretty big gap right there, 12 to 85. You know what? I'm going to call the guy out. I just looked it up. Our, our Royals correspondent, Alex Duval, has Scooball 12th. Alex, very smart writer, yeah. So, so I, we, I, we need to uh, check in with Alex. Maybe uh, he can uh, check in with us on a future episode. and uh, Or even we can reach out to him on Twitter. And uh, let's get his thoughts. He's really high on 
that Detroit pitcher. Absolutely. All right. So, all right. You before we move on to the next subject, do you want to quickly dig into our personals and and maybe in our top twenty see uh, where we differed? Yeah, absolutely. This was actually what I wanted to spend a little bit of time on here. So we both agree with Franco at one. Sure. And Adele at two and Robert at three. Right. Where we start to differ just a little bit is you go with Gavin Lux at four. Mm-hmm. And I had Julio Rodriguez at four. Yeah. And, you know, this is actually a big difference here because J-Rod, for me, is all the way down at 11. He's actually behind his teammate, Jared Kelenic, who I have at number 10. Yeah. That was a- that was the first one I was going to ask you about was was Julio Rodriguez and in his case for number four. Yeah, I just I, I love Julio Rodriguez. I, I loved what I saw him in the second half of last year where he was uh, just destroying. Was it uh, single A um, and just the tools on him that I mean, he and Kellenic are four or five for me. I, I'm sorry. I actually had Kellenic at seven. I had dropped Kellenic to I was I was thinking they were right next to each other, but I've got Julio Rodriguez, Gavin Lux, Mackenzie Gore, and then Kellenic. So yeah. I'm still higher on Kellenic at seven than you are with uh, them at ten and eleven. Just uh, I think I think they're potential number one prospects a year or two from now, um, and, and I definitely wanted to have him in the top five. That that was my thinking. Yeah, I. I... You know, Julio Rodriguez, no doubt he's performed. In, and I do love the power and hit combination. I couldn't justify putting him over Gavin Lux for me because uh, he's also got the – Lux also has the speed, I think. And really, I think when I was making this list, I guess proximity came into play here because as I was just looking back over it before we started recording, uh, nobody – everybody above Julio Rodriguez in my list has played – at a higher level than him other than Andrew Vaughn, who has also played at high A. So I think that that might have factored into, into my ranking a little bit too. Okay. Totally makes sense. Um, I'm looking at as the lower half of our top tens and I go Gore six, Kellenic seven, Dylan Carlson, eight, Royce Lewis, nine and Jesus Lizardo 10. Yeah. And, and you, um, if you got it, if you want to rattle off yours, yours is a little different. Yeah, so we've got a few of the same guys there, except you know Luzardo comes in at six for me. Then Royce Lewis, Casey Mize, Andrew Vaughn, who I think I might be, if not the highest guy, the second highest guy on uh, from our our list of contributors. And then Jared Kellen rounds out my my top ten there. Okay, all right. You know, I, we can't argue with any of these players. They're all amazing. They're all top prospects. And and you know what? I I tried to weigh my hitters a little more than the pitchers, but I still have uh, – did I say – oh, I've got Nate Pearson 15. I thought he was right near my top 10. I still have uh, Mackenzie Gore in there, and I think all the rest – uh, and Lizardo ten. So I have two pitchers in my top ten. Um, yeah, I think I have three. I think the only other one that made my top ten was Casey Mize. So I've only got three. Yeah. I think there was one other person that had Vaughn a little higher than you, at mm. uh, at number eight. Um, 
our friend Tony uh, Tony Bips has them at number eight. So um, otherwise, you know, we look a little down. I I, I really like um, I you had Casey Mize in your top ten. I had him at number twelve. Yeah. Uh, then I also I had Forrest Whitley right after that at thirteen. But then the some youngsters. I love uh, C.J. Abrams. I had him fourteen. I love Andrew Vaughn sixteen and Marco Luciano seventeen. Where would you have those guys? So Luciano's twenty for me. Andrew Vaughn's up at nine. Right. So I wanted to back up to thirteen, fourteen there. Thirteen, fourteen. Forrest Whitley, C.J. Abrams, neither one of those guys made my top 20. And you know what's crazy about C.J. Abrams not making my top 20 is he's actually a Georgia boy. And you know I always give a give an extra uh, peg or two to those guys, too. Yeah, so. yeah. He, he, made, he made your top 30. I'm sorry? He made your top 30. Yeah, he's 27. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he's actually one guy I wanted to ask you about and, and see why you were – I don't want to say high on him. I don't think it's an unreasonable ranking, but maybe why he made 14 for you. Well, um, uh, actually, you know what? His highest ranking of anybody is number five. Yeah. And, <laughs> and his lowest is 31. So, you know, my 14 kind of seems like okay, right in the ballpark in the middle there. Um, I haven't seen him live. I haven't had the pleasure to see him live. Uh, just able to catch a few of his games on MILB.TV. Just another you know, immense tools and exciting. And, um, and, you know, I put a little bit of weight into these uh, first Bowman baseball card values as well in my prospect lists. Not every uh, evaluator is going to do that. Um, So he had some really good success in the hobby this year. So that does come into play for me. And, uh, and that helps his fantasy uh, potential as well in my book so certainly made my top 20 and and i'll stand by that and excited to see where the next year or two bring him yeah absolutely as i look back at my list you know you're always going to go back and say wait a minute did that make sense 27 you know honestly might be a little bit too low i, I might bump him up to 25 over guys like carter keyboom keyboom's a guy i'm not terribly high on so but hey that's outside of this this top 20 here we'll talk about that next episode yeah, I had Key Boom at twenty one, and I, I'm I'm lower than some and higher than some. Um, you know, it was interesting where I did go back um, because when we published this list in early uh, earlier in March, uh, some of the guys from the site were tweeting out who they from the list who they had uh, highest. You know, they were highest on so and so. Uh, on on these three or four players and then maybe they were lowest on some others i actually did the exercise from my entire top 100 and i believe this to be true i am not the highest on any one player and i'm not the lowest on any one player and i thought that was really unique absolutely that's wild you know i was expecting to come out and say oh these two players you know, I'm the highest on. I went through each player on my list, and there was always someone higher or lower. I can't believe there's not one Red Sox prospect you don't have ranked higher than everybody else. Yeah, you would think, right? <laughs> but no, it, it didn't happen. 
Yeah. Hey, Scott, real quick, you, you mentioned young guys. So Bobby Witt Jr. made my top 20. He's at number 18, 23 to you. Not a big difference there. Um, Christian Robinson came in at 18 on your list. I was trying to click over real quick and, and see where he came in on my list. I'm having a hard time sorting over here. But, yeah, so Christian Robinson. I think, I think he's got him 26. Yeah, yeah, I just landed on him. So Christian Robinson and Jason Dominguez are the two younger guys that you've got a little bit higher than me there. And, and I know you love Jason, and, hey, that's got a little bit to do with that Bowman first, right? Yeah, I mean, I think we're – this is a nice transition because there's one player I want to talk about uh, his rookie cards. Um, Jason Dominguez, uh, the hobby is, like, excited for his first Bowman's, I think, coming out in 2020 Bowman, which is supposed to be later in April. Um, you know, there's been no confirmation. I don't believe the checklist is released yet. There, there was a photo um, – uh, must must have been a month or two ago of of Jason signing Bowman cards. Uh, it was on his Instagram, and you know it circulated in the hobby. But there's like no guarantee that that was for 2020 Bowman, the first release of the year. I mean, it could even be for the Bowman Chrome, which comes out later in the year. I'm not positive, but uh, we're thinking his first cards uh, from Bowman are going to be really soon. Jason Dominguez is in a couple 2019 products that are already out there. Uh, I've got a couple Jason Dominguez, just base cards uh, from the Elite Extra Edition product. And I do know that he has some autographs in that and in the Panini Prism Draft product. So if people are interested in grabbing some Martian cards, take a look you know, online through Twitter, eBay, whatever it might be, uh, you can find them. Yeah, if you've got if you've got Panini cards of Jason Dominguez selling for three hundred fifty four hundred dollars, you can pretty much double or maybe no, you can pretty much triple that for his for his first Bowman Chromes. Yeah, and a couple people have told me that they do think that the Panini cards values will drop a little bit once Bowman comes out because that's going to be the one that everyone wants. Yeah, yeah, that's typically standard. That's typically when I. I swoop in, not necessarily on Panini. You know, I'm not a Panini guy, but I'm always the guy who, you know, swoops in on the Bowman's best and things like that. Right, right. And the Bowman's best are really nice cards, and they're on-card uh, autographs and not stickers, but they don't uh, traditionally hold anywhere near the value of the actual first Bowman Chromes. Yeah. Do you know who has a beautiful Bowman's best card from 2018? It I is. do. Daniel Espino. Yeah. Oh, from, yeah. 18, from 18? From 18. Uh, um, uh, probably not uh, Tristan Casas, no? No, he was 2019 also. Top, one, of the, one of our top prospects, Luis Robert. He's got beautiful 2018 Bowman's best card. All right. So that's a perfect transition, Jake, because that's what I wanted to take a couple minutes to chat about here. Uh, Lewis Robert and his first rookie cards. Mm -hmm. um, as you said, 2018, he's got some beautiful Bowman's best. He had his first Bowman cards in in that, uh, what do you call it, the flagship 2018 Bowman. He had Bowman Chrome. It's actually a picture of him during his press conference, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And, yeah. 
and his first autographs for Bowman are are uh, in that product, and and they are the great cards, and the values are skyrocketing, and they're going up. I've got a couple um, 2018 Bowman high tech Luis Robert autographs, which are kind of cool as well. Absolutely. Um, can, can we pause right there, Scott? I got to ask you what you think of high the high tech product because I know that that's a little bit of a divisive product. I love it personally. Do you do you like the the design there? I do, and you know it's gone away. They didn't do it in 2019, right? Um, and it's it's not a very expensive product. I mean, I think I was getting a box of. 2018 Bowman High Tech for 70, 70 or seventy-five dollars, but there were four autographs in it, so mm-hmm. it was a pretty good deal. Uh, and in one, I landed a Luis Robert uh, on card auto, and in another box, I actually got a purple one, which is numbered. Uh, I like it. If people aren't familiar with Bowman High Tech, uh, they used to actually do it for Tops as well, and they kind of flip-flopped back and forth between Topps and Bowman, Bowman featuring more prospects. It's a clear acetate card, um, which is kind of cool. You can almost see through it, uh, but they've got all these weird and crazy designs. So like you could look at, I've got, um, like I, I think I've got three Acuna cards, just a base card. And I'm like, why do I need all three of these Acuna cards? But then I looked at them and all three are different because of the background design. Right. If you yeah. want to find a an autograph of a specific player, prospect, or veteran, whatever it might be, high tech is not an awful option because you can get some really uh, great deals, and they're not anywhere near as uh, expensive as your regular Bowman or Bowman Chrome autographs. Yeah, I was just curious. I went on a, a high tech kick in 2017. I'm you know, guys like Reese Hoskins and, and Willie Calhoun, who has a terrible autograph, by the way, and Sean Newcomb, uh, Mitch Keller, guys like that. I mean, you, you can grab some pretty, pretty uh, common, you know, big names for, uh, for cheap. And I'm kind of sad that one went away, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Maybe it'll come back. So really quick, I just wanted to mention Luis Robert. Luis Robert had his first official rookie card. So we're not going back a couple years to his first prospect cards. But he's got his first rookie card with the official rookie card logo in the Topps opening day product that is out now. Um, It's a retail uh, product. You can find boxes in Target. Well, you could before all of this Corona stuff was going on. Um, I haven't been to the stores in a while. But uh, they had opening day mega boxes, uh, loose packs, uh, hanger boxes. You can even get a hobby box online for like less than $30, which is crazy. Um, But there is no guarantee in any of the opening day products, whether it's a blaster or hanger or whatever it might be, there's no guarantee of any hit. So you don't know if you're going to get an autograph or relic or whatnot. But this Luis Robert rookie card is number 201. So it's a 200 card base set, but they made card number 201 as a super short printed Luis Robert. And so that's one of the most popular cards that people are chasing right now. Um, I think I've seen it sell in like the 70 to $80 range, but that was over a week ago. It may have even 
may have even gone up a little bit. So I wanted people to know that if you want a Luis Robert rookie card, you can find his very first ones in Topps opening day. And then they have another brand called Gypsy Queen, which was just released last week. And he has rookie cards in that product also. Mm-hmm. And and they are not short printed. Yeah, I, I actually have a uh, opening day sitting in my watch list on eBay that's got six hours left that is up to $66. So I'm going to bow out of that one there. But yeah, no, it's, it's um, you know, opening day is, to me is the ultimate collector's product, if you will, because you're not chasing hits or anything like that. So it's nice whenever we get, you know, a, a nice card snuck in there like that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, and I'm not a big, huge opening day fan, but it is fun. They have cards for a bunch of different mascots. They have uh, cards for each of the 15 opening day games from 2019. Some of my favorites, yeah. Photo of the ballpark. And then some of the relics that they have um, include, like, uh, field dirt from from actual fields, um, which are very hard to pull. Um, but they've got some unique uh, cards that aren't in the regular Tops product, which is kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that's my baseball card spiel for for our podcast here. I know there's a couple other things we wanted to cover. Do you want to dive into at all uh, and talk about the 50 round draft we just completed? Well. I wouldn't say dive into, but I did want to ask you one question about it. And really, it's a very broad question. For some context here, it's 24 teams, correct? Yes, we had 24 teams and we set it up as, uh, and every one of the teams was drafted by one of our Prospects 1500 uh, staff members. We set it up, I set it up as a Roto League. So it's it's just kind of a a marathon. It's not head-to-head. It's not uh, points. It's it's roto. So you've got to be you know good from start to finish, and uh, six by six. So we've got twelve different categories, but not the standard categories. I kind of threw some curveballs in there. Yeah, exactly. So I wanted. That's what I wanted to ask you: is your strategy because there's fifty man rosters, twenty four owners, twelve hundred total players. And the categories are not what you would expect. So I wanted to kind of compare strategies here. I know in the early rounds, it was a little easy. But for me, once I got to about round, uh, let's see, 24 teams early would probably end at about the fifth round for me. So yeah. I want to say about the sixth round, my, my thinking changed. I was just trying to take the best player available for the first four rounds, I'd say. And then I started honing in on some some categories. And the categories are a little unique. Can you speak on that a little bit? I can. Uh, so for hitting, we've got on-base percentage, runs scored, RBIs, strikeouts, so offensive strikeouts, which you don't want to have, um, net stolen bases, which caught stealings will affect uh, this league when we have net stolen bases, and total Wait. bases. Those are the six hitting categories. For pitching, ERA, whip, innings pitched, holds, net saves, and Ks per nine. Mm-hmm. So, so what I what I was doing, like you said, for the first part of the draft, you're you're trying to get the best overall players. 
Um, but 50 rounds, I mean, we were, we're into the early 20s, and it's slim pickings. Um, when you get into the early to mid-20 rounds and you've got slim pickings, imagine what it's like when you're getting down into the late 30s and into the 40s. Um, you know it because you lived it. Um, I think that what helps me is to look back at the previous season and see how certain players scored overall with this unique setup uh, with these categories. So who, what, what you might think of a player that's going to be, you know, maybe a top 50 player, he might have come up like top 20 or 25 according to this point system. And I look at that thinking, well, maybe all of the other owners in the league aren't looking at this. So maybe I can get this guy a little later, um, but know that based on what he did last year, he's going to be scoring some major points uh, because maybe he, maybe he doesn't get caught stealing and maybe he's a pitcher that has a really high case per nine that isn't a starter, but he gets a lot of innings. Maybe he's a middle reliever that uh, that gets between 80 and 100 innings for the year. Uh, so I like to look back at the previous season and kind of weigh it in conjunction with projections for this season. That's helped me in something like this, so unique like this. Yeah, and it was it was an adjustment period for me. So, for example... Hitter strikeouts, you know, that's something that I never look at when I'm playing fantasy baseball. I could care less how much a guy, how many times a guy strikes out. For me, it's all about opportunity. So I had to kind of take that into consideration a little bit. Uh, my next thought offensively was uh, net steals. I knew there was going to be only a handful of guys who would really be outliers in net steals. So that's where I really started to target. And then I happened to notice that Scotty Ballgame was targeting targeting something similar. So I had to <laughs> changed my strategy a little bit there and and I started going for uh, low strikeout guys and, and high on base guys there so that was my next step so I went obviously best player available then I focused on a couple of categories I wanted to try and win one of them was net saves I started seeing you Scott and a couple other guys trend towards saves once they got a little a little sparse there and started focusing on something else um, one thing I almost exclusively play in holds leagues for me, holds is, is one of those categories that, um, really hardcore fantasy players need, need to be playing in. Cause I think the hardest thing in baseball and fantasy baseball is to recognize what middle relievers, um, and maybe setup guys, if you will, are going to get those opportunities. So I started to look into holds. Um, I, I racked up a lot of closers by the way, in net saves. I'm, I'm fairly confident I would put money that I'm going to win net saves in this league. Um, so I started looking holds, and then I noticed other guys were looking for holds. So really, if you look at my draft, I've got a lot of middle relievers in 25 through maybe 33 round, maybe 23 to 33. And then after that, I just started going for guys that were on the 40-man rosters that might have a chance to, to get some MLB time at some point. Of course, that was before the shortened season, and you know rosters are condensed and everything like that. So... I imagine half of my roster won't even see playing time, but that's kind of how my thought process unfolded throughout the draft. 
You know what, Jake? I think it's an important... Oh, by the way, I'm going to probably lose the net saves category. I have Liam Hendricks that'll get some saves and then like nobody else. So um, I'm, I might be punting that category. So the I'm, thing is, what we uh, want to make sure that everyone realizes with the league this deep and 24 teams and 50 rounds and 1,200 players drafted, it's a draft and hold. Right. What that means is the draft was it. The draft is the be-all, end-all. There are no ad drops during the year. There are no trades. The only lineup, the, the only transaction we are allowed to do is to change our lineup once a week, by the way. It's not a daily. So we're allowed to make that lineup change. But like you said, it was so important for me in rounds 30 to 50 to try and find players that if they're not on the 40-man roster, maybe they're in AAA and they're going to hopefully get time in the majors. You want to fill your roster up with as many players that give you a chance of earning any points in the majors in a league like this. I didn't want Wander Franco because it's not a dynasty league, and I don't know if he's even going to be in the majors in 2020. So that's why I wouldn't even look at him. And a lot of the top prospects, I didn't want to touch unless I knew they really had a chance of getting MLB playing time. Right. That was my thinking on there. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think as we start to kind of wrap up this episode, uh, you had mentioned to me a little earlier that something that you wanted to just mention quickly is the fact that, uh, and it was just amended, I think earlier today, the minor leaguers are getting some support uh, from major league baseball. There, there you know, could always be more, but they are getting uh, some salary per week. And it's been extended. What I think I, if I read this correctly, it's been extended through the end of May or until the season starts, whichever, happens first right yeah yeah and and you know i know that's a hot debate is pay for minor leaguers and things like that and i didn't i don't want to go too far into it because we're we're here for fantasy baseball and it doesn't really impact what we do on the field or anything like that but i i thought it was important to mention uh with with everything that's going on that i know 400 dollars a week to to most of us does not sound like much but i think it's a step in the right direction that's all i'll say i'm not i'm not somebody who's always well, why didn't you do more? I know they, that more should be done. I understand that. But I thought it was important just to bring up and say, hey, we're, we're moving in the right direction there. The other thing, Scott, is uh, that I really was happy to see was the uh, NCAA granting another year of eligibility to spring athletes, college spring athletes. That includes baseball players, especially with talks of a condensed, a condensed MLB draft this year. Uh, it was nice to see the NCAA finally look out for their athletes, too, there, as, as a lot of them might lose a little bit of opportunity to play at the next level if this draft goes all the way from, from 40 down to what could be five rounds. So um, I thought that was worth mentioning, too, just bringing up. It's nice to see some good news. I know it's not the best news, not the best news we could hope for, but it's nice to see some good news in, in these times right now. Yeah, and you know what? what's uh, kind of cool is – um, if someone is interested in in helping out minor leaguers, there was a um, an account that I followed, and I think it's still up, 
um, on Twitter. It's adopt MILB player. And they're trying to match up uh, anyone who's interested in sponsoring a minor leaguer. And it, it certainly is not uh, having to pay them each week, but it might be, you know, uh, just having conversation. It might be sending them a gift card. Um, just they're trying to match up people that can do certain donations. And so I just wanted to give them a shout out. Uh, people can check them out on Twitter. Uh, seems pretty legit. I got a response from someone said that they'd add me to the list and see if there's a match there. Cause you kind of, you give your, your preference. You know, I, I, de- I wouldn't necessarily want to be matched up with a rocket city trash Panda uh, because maybe they're not in my neck of the woods, but maybe uh, a player for the Hartford Yard Goats or one of the uh, you know Red Sox Northeast minor league teams uh, might be a better match for me. Someone in the Brave system might be a better match for you because of proximity. So uh, I, I just wanted to bring that up. Scott, your Yard Goats already won the poll. You don't have to bash the trash pandas anymore, okay? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I think I have to give myself a little credit for helping them win that poll. A lot of credit. Are you kidding me? When I looked at it the first time, it was like 70 to 30 trash pants. <laughs> and then I see it again, it's 57, 43 yard goats. Yeah, and uh, that, was, that was pretty a uh, big turnaround. I, and, and it was hard for me because I love the trash pandas. They're one of the, uh, the new teams out there that they're working with, Prospects 1500. They're, they're doing player profiles with us. Um, so I support both of them, but I could only vote for one. Absolutely. And, you know, Madison, Alabama is not too far from me. I'm right here on the Georgia-Alabama line. So hopefully me and Jared Vickery, who's a, a Birmingham native, I know we got some other folks in Alabama too. Hopefully we can get out there to a Trash Pandas game, hopefully in 2020. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, well, this has been a good talk. I needed this. I needed to talk baseball. And uh, certainly, as I mentioned earlier, we can get back to our – our regular futures focus uh, programming, you know, in the coming weeks, we'll have some guests on, we'll talk, we can dig back into our, our top 50 lists that we hadn't touched on, look ahead to what might be coming for a 2020 season, fingers crossed. Um, anything else on your mind? I, I know there's so much going on out there. I appreciate, you know, people just uh, taking a few minutes and, and checking in with us. Uh, tell us what's going on in your world and, and what we're looking at, uh, maybe for some things upcoming on the website. Sure. Twitter at Barry's underscore baseball, putting out some video and, and some quick thoughts about our top 199 at prospects1500.com. I also have a, a Jeffrey Ramos post in the works for Braves fans, a little bit of a deeper uh, prospect profile there. Just started that piece today. Um, I also hope to have a, another piece on the site at prospects1500.com, kind of highlighting what I thought could have been our 2020 minor league rosters and who we would have seen. Of course, we don't know how all that's going to pan out now. So, yeah, follow me on on Twitter there. I know we're getting a little uh, a little tight for conversation now. We're kind of grasping for some things. But, you know, anytime we can get together, Scott, and, and talk a little bit of fantasy baseball, baseball cards, I'm all for it. I appreciate the opportunity to do this. And, and the last thing I want to say is um, Scott did a, a little get-together with Watch the Breaks. And, Scott, I think you need to plug that before we get off because I really enjoyed watching that conversation. Thank you. That was fun. Uh, just a few days ago, uh, my friend Ivan, who's uh, at Watch the Breaks on Twitter, he hosted a, a really informal Zoom conversation 
and he had me on as a guest and then brought in three or four other, you know, uh, card collectors, just friends in the hobby. And we just talked cards. Um, I got to show off a few of the ones I had talking about, you know, my top prospect cards. And uh, it was about a 40 to 45 minute conversation. It went pretty well. And uh, it was interactive. You know, we got to answer questions from some people that were, were watching and people that follow on Twitter. So that's something that I would love to do again. I actually have some ideas, you know, going through my head. Uh, I don't want to put too much out there right now because I kind of want to, uh, I, I want our team to get out in front of this and put some really cool things together. So uh, thanks for bringing that up. I, I can, um, what I probably should do is, is repost the link to that. Uh, other people want to check that out. It, it was recorded and it's on YouTube right now. So, so that's uh, something that people can look into. Um, something that I just thought of, and I'm going to put you on the spot uh, before we wrap things up, Jake. Uh, we were really getting primed for another great season of prospects of the week. And with the delay to the season and us not knowing uh, if and when this will start, maybe there's something that we can do to still keep prospects of the week alive, uh, even if they weren't from games played the previous Monday through Sunday. Uh, so, so let's let's think on that. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, Scott, because you know what I was thinking about doing was I was thinking about just going back through a few spring training games in, in the few weeks of spring training that we had and saying, hey, these are the prospects of week from week one of spring training. And maybe that can help us get through uh, about three and a half or four weeks. So a thought I had, we hadn't ran that. We hadn't discussed that yet. I hadn't ran that past you, but something I thought about doing, just going back yeah. and reading the spring training that was. Yeah. Or, or yeah, we go with uh, week to week from the spring training games, even uh, in overall these, maybe this was our all prospect team for spring training 2020 uh, and then go from there. Yeah. I mean, we're all, we're all looking back at the past right now and, and, enjoying the good times in sports. So I figured why not enjoy our 2020 spring training one more time. All right. Sounds good. I think I'm going to go watch the Red Sox beat the Yankees in 2004 playoffs again uh, while I have the chance because uh, sure. it's on MLB Network every night. Yeah. Uh, you know, I need to go back and uh, watch the 2001 NLDS when I was in first grade because that was the last time the Braves won a playoff series. <laughs> All right. Well, Jake, thanks so much for uh, spending some time with me. Uh, I'm, I hope uh, people enjoyed episode 13 of Futures Focus. Um, we will be back again with another episode soon. If you want to follow me on Twitter, at Scotty underscore Ballgame, um, you can check out my YouTube channel as well, uh, Scotty Ballgame on YouTube. You can see some of my card breaks that I've done recently. And uh, again, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, this has been episode 13 of Futures Focus, a Prospects 1500 podcast. We will catch you next time.